Happy Monday, Remar nurses. Hello, how are you all doing? Today we have a wonderful how to pass NCLEX Monday motivation and um, so many wonderful things. For our topic today, we will be deep diving into quick facts a little bit and it will be on the very important subject. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Anticoagulants. So we are going to go over pharmacology today. And so Anticoagulants are extremely important because, again, if you're taking your board exams, then you know that you can, you know, use anticoagulants for many, many things. And for some of you who plan to work on a med surge unit, for some of you who plan to work in the ICU or the, you know, progressive care units in nursing, you will be big on giving heparin anoxaparin, uh, monitoring the PTTs and the INRs. And so this is a subject that is very instrumental to you being a great nurse. It is also, it is also Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And so when you talk about the history of the African-American community in many different sectors, um, you know, healthcare, education, politics, the, you know, the religious aspects and, and important contributions that are made in this country, Martin Luther King Day is a day that should always be recognized as a day of what, what does Martin Luther King Day mean to you? Um, for me, I know that it, it comes around and it is not just an extension of a weekend. It is not even particularly about, you know, whatever people trivialize it to be, right? Um, but it is definitely a day of reflection of service. It is a day of servitude. It is a, it is an, a reminder of what one person can do. The, the thought of just you, the dream of, this man, you know, that can change literally an entire country, change an entire country. So um, I want you to think about your dream of becoming a whatever, okay? And understand that many people will be impacted by your dream. And I, of course, am here for your dream to become a nurse, and so what we want to do for Martin Luther King Day, because a lot of you have been studying with me since the beginning of January, I want to help you to carry out your dream. And so we have this coupon code today where you get 50% off of the V2. Like we're just going to cut that thing in half, but you have to use the code DREAM. You have to use the code DREAM. And so this is going to be very important. I like this. Um, freedom determination, staying on the right track and working hard towards it. That is a great, I think that, that sums it up. Uh, there's also this, I'm actually at my best friend's house. Um, I would like for you guys to pray for my best friend. She's here in Texas. Um, giving all away, right? So I just sat down and I guess this gives daily devotionals or whatever, but the devotional for today is stewardship. Stewardship. And it says stewardship produces responsibility as stewards. So I like that. So what your dream is will essentially produce more responsibility. It will require you to take your level of discipline up to the next level. Some of us need to be more disciplined. Some of us need to be a steward um, in, in, in more 
thing. So again, the code, if you are wanting to get V2, and remember, you can get V2 and delay it for 90 days. Um, so you can get it today. You don't have to start it right away. So my people who are testing in February, graduating in February, March, April, for today only, if you use the code DREAM, if you use the code DREAM, then you will get 50% off. Okay. All right. And, and thank you guys so much for being here and being being a part of the Remar family. And this is if you if you get the book, somebody asked um, how many how many books will I get if I purchase? You're going to get quick facts and you're going to get the downloadable V2 unless you um, get the printed version. But again, if the program is 50 percent off, my goodness. OK, God, my goodness. So um, let's get into our subject for today. I um, I am. Reminding everybody as well that if you are testing in the next few weeks, you have the V2, you are studying with me. Don't forget also the 30-day challenge. We're still going on with that. We are essentially, we are essentially, essentially, essentially in it, okay? Uh, we're, we're essentially in that. And so 30-day challenge is good for you because instant access free account, daily emails, accountability, and it helps if you are doing the V2. It helps if you're doing the V2 to get into the 30-day challenge. It helps keep you more accountable. All right, so our topic for today is anticoagulants. Somebody give me the page where we could find anticoagulants. Where do we find that at in the QuickFox book? Anticoagulants are very essential to pharmacology because they tap into what the body is naturally doing. So you, page 99, thank you. Let me grab it real quick. Yes, okay. So the anticoagulants that we study for NCLEX are going to be, of course, we wanna know the difference between heparin and warfarin. All right, and remember you're studying the generic names of these medications. Please, I know everybody tells you, you know, they have you studying trade names, these other NCLEX reviews, I see them. Please know these names, heparin, warfarin, and then we're going to learn anoxaparin. Now, if you understand the principles of anoxaparin, heparin, and warfarin, you are going to be very well positioned, very well positioned for your board exams. Now, again, anticoagulants are doing they are riding on what naturally happens in the body, okay? Yes, you can get the 30-day challenge, even if you already have V2. It's right on your calendar, okay? So anticoagulants, they are a type of antithrombolytic agent that inhibits one or more steps of forming blood clots. So naturally, your body wants to form clots when there is a breach in the integrity of your skin, we have a clotting factor, a clotting cascade. So what an anticoagulant does is it disrupts that process from naturally happening, all right? And so the primary goal of you administering an anticoagulant to your patient is so that they don't get a thrombus or an embolus. Now, if I asked you, what is the difference between a thrombus and what is the difference between an embolus? Do you know? Okay, do you know? Can somebody can somebody tell me what's the difference between an embolus and a thrombus? Put the definition of an embolus on the screen. 
because again, working through this terminology is one of the more, more challenging parts of NCLEX. And the questions that I have for you at the end will show me how much you know about anticoagulants. So bleeding is the most serious and common effect that is going to be precipitated by an anticoagulant administration. So if we give a blood thinner, the patient will have a big risk for bleeding. And so this is one of the things that we have to be mindful of. Great job. Somebody says, ah, okay, let me read this one. Erica came with her study notes today. A thrombus is a blood clot and thrombosis is the formation of a clot that reduces blood flow. An embolus is any foreign material that moves with blood flow. So we see that embolus is the traveling. It travels. Great job, Erica. Thank you for those notes. You're helping me teach this thing today. I like Mary Jane's explanation too. Thrombus isn't stationary. It has not dislodged yet. Emboli is a dislodged thrombus. Am I right? Is she right? Is she right? Love it. Okay. I think I think that's pretty good. And this is what you do when you are um, when you are studying together, your study group. So ask this question: What is hemostasis? What is that? Hemostasis. What does that mean if a patient has hemostasis? Going over some physiology here as we talk about pharmacology. And remember, when we study for NCLEX, we can never talk about pharmacology without connecting it to what that medicine does to the body or what conditions that it treats, what that um, medication does to the body or what conditions that it treats. All right. So great job um, that we have here. Nurses from all over representing on today. This is, yeah, this is good. So I asked hemostasis. Hemostasis is this. It's the process of blood clot formation at the site of vessel injury. When a blood vessel wall is disrupted, the normal hemostatic response to be expected is quick, localized, and regulated. Okay. That is the response. Now, abnormal clotting or bleeding may occur when specific elements of these processes are missing or dysfunctional. And so we know that um, by different blood conditions or clotting conditions, patients may have disruptions in their clotting factor. And anticoagulant is sometimes needed to maintain hemostasis when abnormal clotting develops. So patients with multiple blood clots will be put on a, um, an anticoagulant. Now, some of the causes of blood clots that we see here, I tried to put the most common that NCLEX will ask about. These are the patients that we would expect to be on a anticoagulant. So for example, the cardiac dysrhythmia, atrial fibrillation. Why atrial fibrillation? Okay. What is it about atrial fibrillation? And if you have the V2, we go over it. What is it about atrial fibrillation particularly that causes the patient to have a need for an anticoagulant? For those of you who did the V2 lecture with me, okay, this is the study group right here, Mondays and Wednesdays, Mondays and Wednesdays, Monday at noon, Eastern time, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I had to catch myself. 
Okay, so with atrial fibrillation, remember the heart no normally beats like love dub, love dub, love dub, love dub, love dub. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Heart's beating, pumping. But, but with atrial fibrillation, the heart is just kind of like quivering, right? So it's quivering. What's the problem with that? Is blood moving? When the heart is kind of just like quivering, blood is not moving. So when blood particularly doesn't move, I like that. Kianetta, it's stationary. And stationary blood means that it has the ability to what? Clot. It can create clots. It's like the idea um, you don't drink. Mark, Mark watches these survival shows where people go out in the woods and they like try to live out in the woods. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those shows where it's a group of people and they have to be outside and they have to build their, their own housing and they have to find food and create fires and stuff like that. There are people that enjoy that type of challenge, those type of conditions, not me, but they say when they're out there, you never drink from standing water, right? Is it survivor? Is survivor like that? Uh, yeah. So you're out there. They don't give you any kind of clothes or anything. You just out there. They say you never drink from standing water. You need to drink from water that is moving because when something is standing, it settles, right? It's the same with blood. It is um, when blood doesn't move, it has a more propensity to develop clots. You have a better chance of infections. It's very, um, it's not great, right? So it's the same in nature that we see reflecting in our own anatomy, naked and afraid, Right. Things like that. You guys are you guys are you guys are Mark's people today because you like stuff like that. All right. Abigail says this. I passed my exam on 10 one All right. Or no, I'm reading it backwards. 1-10-24. I passed with 85 questions. That is amazing. And in, in only two and a half hours. I'm officially a Remar nurse. Last week, Wednesday, I commented that I would testify on Monday. And by God's grace, I am back with my testimony. Congratulations, Abigail. Congratulations. What about that? Speaking it to an existence. She said last week, I said, I will be back with my testimony. And indeed she passed. Congratulations. After only two and a half hours, 85 questions. That's work. That's, that's a wonderful testimony of faith too. I love that. So we're talking about causes uh, for blood clots, atrial fibrillation, high risk of stroke or heart attack, acute coronary syndrome, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, underlying malignancies, um, the unmodifiable causes as well. If the patient has clotting factors. You guys do not have to know these specifics, please. Um, but just definitely know that, you know, they're genetic causes that would be contributing to abnormal blood clots or lack thereof. Awesome. So our anticoagulants can come into two categories where we're doing oral or we're doing, you know, directly oral anticoagulants. So uh, warfarin, uh, vitamin K agonists, then you have direct thrombin inhibitors, you have a pixaban, endooxaban and rivoxaban. If you guys remember the seven days of NCLEX, our first patient was on the rivoxaban um, for our study.
Then we also have the IV or we have the um, injectable anticoagulants. So we have the unfractionated heparin, and then we also have anoxaparin. These two are specifically highlighted in the Quick Facts for NCLEX book. So make a note of these. What do we know about the heparin? There is no oral form of this medication. It is to be injected into our patient. Make sure you understand the route of injections. It attaches to, I think it's thrombin-3 in our body, but there is a rapid onset and there is a short half-life, meaning that when we have heparin in our system, it works very quickly, but it doesn't work very long. So what does that say about the frequency? What does that say about the frequency of the um, of the medication? Do we have to give it or do we not have to give this? All right. Um, and shout out to nurse. I, I can't even say it. I don't want to mess it up the name. But you said you just brought the V2 with the dream discount. Thank you so much. Hey, let me know. Um, let me know if you are, um, let me know what the price was after you brought it with the dream discount, please. Cause I want to know, we just put it, the coupon up. And so I want to know what it is when we take 50% off of the price. All right. So I asked the question, the frequency of the heparin and you guys are saying we have to give it very frequently. We have to give it frequently. So that's true because the half-life of heparin is short. Never give this medication intramuscularly. Never give it intramuscularly. Anoxaparin, what patients love about anoxaparin, well, it is safe to use during pregnancy and lactation. That's great. But also, there is a longer duration of the anticoagulation. So you don't have to take this medication as frequently. A lot of patients go home on anoxaparin. Have you, um, have you all ever taking care of somebody that had anoxaparin or have you all ever administered it in nursing school? That was some of the medications that we were able to give in nursing school, okay? That we were able to give in nursing school. And again, if you have quick facts really quickly, um, if I go to page 99, heparin, if we read about the things in quick facts, the onset of heparin is less than one hour. Is it for short-term or long-term use? It is for short-term use. Um, the routes you can give it, you can give it IV or subcutaneous. Labs to watch, PTT, okay? Also, the antidote. Very important that you know the antidote for heparin. I know if you guys can see it, but it is protamine sulfate. And so this is one of the benefits of having the Quick Facts book is that these things, you don't have to search through a paragraph. If I were to get a paragraph, oh, I could grab one of the nursing books, but I, I won't do it right now. Um, it's going to be in a long list of information, but Quick Facts is going to give you the correct, just straight to the point. Somebody asked this, can you give heparin during pregnancy? Well, Quick Facts says, yes, you can. But remember, you can't give warfarin, but you can give heparin. So Quick Facts, though, right? This is, this is how you... This is how you master a lot of information in a short amount of time. So anoxaparin is the benefit of, oh, I, I didn't, let me, let me do this really quickly. Anoxaparin is down here. Some of the highlights from Quick Facts book 
is that um, when, when anoxaparin is given, the medication should be clear and no particles. Also, can't give anoxaparin, a contraindication, cannot give anoxaparin if a person has heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. I have seen NCLEX questions where they will say the patient has heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, so should we give anoxaparin, right? And of course, you think, well, yeah, because you don't want to give heparin, but you can give anoxaparin. No, you don't want to give anoxaparin either. Very important. Um, another thing about the anoxaparin here in the quick facts is that you don't have to monitor the laboratory values in the same way. And so that's great. That means the patient doesn't have to get those blood draws, blood draws. So just another study tool from the quick facts for NCLEX book. I always have you guys... Um, knowing that it's very important for you to memorize every single thing in this book. If that takes you two or three times to go through it, just do it because it will be so helpful to you. I cannot stress it enough. I will always put this book in front of you guys and say, take the time to study it. All right. Moving on, moving on. Anticoagulant use is complicated, is complicated by the bleeding risks, okay? So if you're an older patient, if you have impaired kidney or liver function, diabetes, cancer, obesity, thrombocytopenia, if you have a previous history of a stroke, all right? Because if you have a hemorrhagic stroke, that means you already might have a propensity for bleeding. And so it's very important hypertension, cerebral, amyloid, angiopathy as well. Okay. All right. Spotlight really quickly again on warfarin. It is in the quick facts book, but to take it a step further, you can write this in your book. Remember the dietary restriction is the green leafy vegetables. And you as a nursing student should understand what is the issue with green leafy vegetables and a patient taking warfarin? Why do we worry about green leafy vegetables? What, what do they have in them? What are we trying to prevent? For warfarin, for warfarin, the monitoring therapy is the INR, okay? The PT or the INR. It's different for heparin. It's different for heparin, okay? There are a lot of drug interactions with warfarin, like so many that I couldn't even name them all. Amoxicillin is one, aspirin is one, rifampin is one, okay? The reversal agents, vitamin K, fresh frozen platelets, mm-hmm, all right? And if a person has the comorbidity of osteoporosis, warfarin can increase the risk of fractures, can increase the risk of fractures. Okay. Great job in the comments um, on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Facebook, please take a look at these comments right now because they are really good, the contributions to the study sessions. Low molecular weight heparin, really, really quickly, um, as an overview to what I read in Quick Facts, also you need to have. Um, there's really no there's really no dietary restrictions when you're on low molecular weight heparin in the same way. The monitoring therapy is going to be the APTT, 
Okay. Complete blood count. We want to do the liver and the kidney function of your patients as well. The drug interactions are NSAIDs. Because, you know, some NSAIDs, well, NSAIDs do increase the risk of, of bleeding. Um, antibiotics and hormone therapy. The reversal agent for this condition is protamine sulfate. Protamine sulfate. And then um, the dosing of the low molecular weight heparin is adjusted based on obesity. Okay. Forever, uh, for, uh, as well as clients with kidney and liver disease. All right. It is time for our NCLEX questions. If you're ready, please put ready on the screen. I need to see how many people are watching. See if we make our share goal. Usually if I say the share goal, you, you guys will just get it. But let me know that you're ready for our NCLEX questions. All right. First NCLEX question is this. Somebody said, ready, set, go. Here we go. Okay. A 68-year-old patient with a history of atrial fibrillation has been prescribed anticoagulants. While assessing the patient, the nurse notes that the patient has petechiae on their arms and legs and reports bleeding gums when brushing their teeth. What is the nursing priority in this situation? Number one, notify the healthcare provider immediately. Two, assessing the client's current clotting factors. Three, assessing the client's heart rate. Or four, educate the client on proper bleeding precautions. Ah, uh, this is good. 68-year-old patient, they have history of atrial fibrillation. They've been prescribed anticoagulants. So while assessing the patient, the nurse notes that the patient has petechiae on their arms and legs. They report bleeding gums when brushing their teeth. What is the nursing priority in this situation? Number one, notify the healthcare provider. Two, assess the client's current clotting times. Three, assess the client's heart rate. Four, educate the client on proper bleeding precautions. Oh, Remar nurses, I'm so glad y'all came to class today because I loaded this question up with distractors. <laughs> I loaded this question up with complication. I made this a perfect next-gen question. So we have um, we have 599 people. We have 599 people watching on YouTube. We only have 100 and 70 likes. Let's get the likes up to 300 to unlock the bonus question right now. Smash that like button. All right. And you want to unlock the bonus question because y'all got this stuff wrong. Y'all, the correct answer is the correct answer is number one. Let's notify the healthcare provider. Did you get this one? Did you get this one right? Look at look at what's going on with your patient. Let me go back. Your patient is on anticoagulant, or anticoagulant therapy. They have petechiae on their arms and legs. What is petechiae? And their gums are bleeding when they are brushing their teeth. Oh my goodness. Is this, is, do we need to, what do we need to do here? Shout out to Nurse Joseph says, Professor Regina, I passed my NCLEX Friday, January 12th has a new meaning in my life. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. You did it. Um, I need you to come on here and continue to motivate these students to show up to these classes because they help to get this information. This was a huge safety question, everybody. 
This was a safety question. Did you notice that your patient is in trouble? Your patient is in trouble. We need to call the doctor. We need to call the doctor for this patient. Okay. They're bleeding. They have petechiae all over their arms and legs. Their gums are bleeding when they brush. We need to have the patient to be evaluated. All right. This is signs that your patient has bleeding, bleeding. And so you need to do something about it. So just educating the patient is not going to be enough. The nursing priority in this situation is to notify the healthcare provider. Does everybody see that now? There were some people who did pick uh, one, but there are some people that picked two and they picked four. Petechiae, remember that, is an emergency. Let me try a different question with you. I told you, this can be challenging because there is a lot of prioritization in anticoagulation therapy. Question number two says this, a client who is currently taking aspirin, 325 milligrams, develops a deep vein thrombosis. The client asks the nurse if they are to continue taking their prescribed aspirin and prescribed rivavoxaban at the same time. What is the best response of the nurse? Okay, number one, yes, because aspirin does not help to dissolve the clot. Two, no, because they can increase the risk of bleeding. Three, no, because aspirin interacts with rivervoxaban. Or four, it is best to refer this to your healthcare provider. Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So while we are doing this, okay, while we're doing this, this is a great question. This is a great scenario. We got some more advice on how to pass NCLEX. She says, Nurse Joseph says, thank you. Thank you guys. Trust the process. I pass on my second attempt. Listen to Professor Regina. Change the date if you're not ready. Woo, you better tell them I preach that. I preach that to you guys all the time. You know, if you're not ready, you know it. Change that date. Okay. So um, it seems like the answers are between two, three, and four for the choices. The correct answer here is number four. <laughs> All right. It is best to refer this to your health care provider. And why is this? Why is this? Because the patient is asking about what? The patient is asking about their prescribed medications. Both of the medications are prescribed. And so the doctor needs to explain, okay? And this is one of the choices, you know, sometimes they say, oh, never pass it off, never pass it off. Well, there are some instances where you do pass it off. And this is one of them because the patient is asking about medications that were prescribed to them. Now, is this our wheelhouse as nurses? No, this is not our wheelhouse. We did not prescribe these medications. The doctor prescribed these medications. So it is the doctor who needs to explain to the patient what they are supposed to be doing. All right, it is the doctor. So that makes sense. So I put this one on here because I wanted you to see the nuances of prescribed medications and know your limitations in the scope of practice. All right, okay. Yes, now if... If the patient was saying, if the patient was saying, you know, I take aspirin over the counter 
I I'm just buying it. I don't have a prescription for it. Then that would make it different. Right. I might have written the question differently. But again, what I want you guys to do and I want you to focus on is being able to take the test that is in front of you. OK, because in our minds, it is easy for us to say, well, what if it was this or what if it was that? I don't want you to I don't even really want you all to spend time doing that because the question for next gen NCLEX is written so that you have everything you need to answer what's in front of you. OK. All right. I'm going to move on to the next question just so I don't get myself in trouble trying to give you all a generalization that may not apply. Question number three, let's work on the question that was in front of us. The client is taking a Pixaban five milligrams twice a day due to a pulmonary embolism. D-dimer was monitored and the results came back to be above the normal limits. What should the nurse do? We, are we all together? Number one, check for bruising. Two, assess for infection or inflammation. Three, ask if the apixaban was taken with meals. Four, repeat the laboratory test. Okay. What I love about this question is you probably are not sure what this medication is. All right. You, you may know kind of it's an anticoagulant, right? So what do you do when you don't recognize the medications right away? You look for the safety, okay? You look for the safety. So you ask yourself, what should the nurse do? What is it that we are governed by in everything? It's two words I'm looking for, okay? If you don't know what to do, what is the two what is what are the you know the steps that we take what do we call that two words the nursing process okay what should the nurse do the nurse should do the nursing process what is the nursing process here you got it okay yes eva ne yes nicola yes diana we need to assess 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 I get a lot of students that say, hey, I failed the NCLEX, but I knew there were a lot of medications I didn't know. <laughs> That's what they say. And there was a lot of diseases I didn't know. When you don't know the disease and you don't know the medication, it's not about the disease and it's not about the medication. It's a safety question. D-dimer is a tool to monitor blood clots. However, it's nonspecific. It is also elevated in the event of infection and inflammation. So yes, bruising and bleeding are indicative that a blood thinner is working, all right? Reboxavan is the one to be taken with meals. There is no need to repeat the laboratory test. So very, very important that we know at the end of the day, the NCLEX is about, is about safety, okay? Um, I like this question. As a PN, we can't assess, right? No. As a PN, technically you can't assess, but you can get the person who does assess, right? You can understand that an investigation needs to be made. So kind of think about it in that, in that respect, all right? Good question. That was a good question. Okay, I'm moving on. Here we go. The 
client with an antiphospholipid. Okay, sorry, let me read that again. The client with antiphospholipid syndrome is taking warfarin. Which of the following should the nurse closely monitor? Number one, kidney function. Two, liver function. Three, international normalized ratio. Four, platelet count. Here we go. The client with antiphospholipid syndrome is taking warfarin. Which of the following should the nurse closely monitor? One, kidney function. Two, liver function. Three, international normalized ratio. Four, platelet count. Okay, I see the answers rolling in, okay? This is another perfect example. I'm trying to see if I was able to get some people with this really good question, and I was. Um, the correct answer is three. Obviously, INR goes with warfarin. However, if you are not confident in your content, if you have not studied warfarin, then you will miss this question because what will you focus on? Students will focus on what they don't know, which is the antiphospholipid syndrome. So I just put that in there, threw it out the window and said, can I get somebody stuck on this that they don't see the connection between INR and warfarin? All right. And for the majority of you, you did not get caught up in the antiphospholipid syndrome. And this is what I'm talking about when I'm trying to prepare you to pass the NCLEX. If you see something that you don't know, it is because more than likely you don't need to know what it is to figure out the right answer. This question was about the connection between laboratory values and the um, and the in the medication. All right. And I saw, I see, I was able to get some, oh, well, because we're 50, we're still 50 away from our share goal. So we didn't quite make it, guys. I'm going to try to stall and give 47 more people time to go over to the YouTube and smash that like button so that I can unlock the final question. All right. Let me, let's see if I can get people to do it. If not, it's okay. It's not, it's okay. Um, but yeah. So somebody says, um, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that you're here. But also, our Remar nurse that came on and said she passed did say what I said probably to her is if you don't feel comfortable, change the date. Now, I want to preface this by saying a lot of people find Remar and they're like, oh, I have two weeks to test. Um, what should I do? Right. I, I need to. I feel like I need to do your program, but I'm testing in three weeks or I'm testing in two weeks. Um, what should I do? And I always tell them. If you know that you have a weakness in your content, you've just been doing questions or you've been all over the place and you haven't completed a full review, then I would tell you to move that test date and make sure that you're able to prepare fully, period, because the test date to move is free. But if you go feeling the pressure of I got to pass NCLEX and you fail, then that's $200 or $250 that you have to pay again. So give yourself time to be comfortable and go through the entire V2 without cramming. Because what people will do is, even if they have two weeks, they'll try to do V2 and they'll watch all the videos, but then they don't study quick facts. Or they'll study quick facts, but then they don't do the videos, they don't do the CAT exam. And so they end up failing. That's how you can end up failing. And it's because you feel more pressure by the date than by your comfort level. Let your comfort level be your guide. Okay, so in all of that, we did get we did get the, the, the question. So here it is. Okay, good job, guys. 
A nurse is caring for a client who is on edoxaban and develops severe abdominal pain. Which of the following actions should the nurse take immediately? Here we go. Number one, administer vitamin K. Two, obtain complete blood count. Three, position in left side lying position. Four, assess for gastrointestinal bleeding. We are talking about what is the most important thing for that nurse to do. <laughs> All right. Um, and Nurse Cindy, please come back to Wednesday. Can you come back on Wednesday for your testimonial? I want to see it. All right. Um, and then so Nurse Shadiq says 450. We were talking about the cost of failing the NCLEX for sure. For sure, for sure. Okay, so again, I have some people saying three. I have some people saying four. I'm so glad we were able to get this question underway because once again, this is a question about the safe thing to do, okay? A nurse is caring for a client who is on adoxaban and develops severe abdominal pain. Which of the following actions should the nurse take immediately? Number one, administer vitamin K. Two, obtain a complete blood count. Three, position in left side lying position. Four, assess for gastrointestinal bleeding. NCLEX is a safety exam. You are governed by what? The nursing process. And so number four is going to be the correct answer. Assessing for gastrointestinal bleeding. Patients on an anticoagulant, they have a risk for bleeding. So if somebody develops a, a severe abdominal pain, we need to assess um, hey, what is it? Do you have hematuria? Let me know. Are you having black stools, right? Um, get more information about this pain. The, the left side line condition, that was my distractor for you guys. Left side line position is not going to do a thing. It just look good. It sound good, right? Um, so again, one of the parts about understanding content is to be able to apply it to different situations. And that's why I tell you guys, just doing questions is not helpful when you don't understand the fundamentals of your discipline. When you don't understand the connections between the labs, the clinical presentations, the facts of the matter. Okay. The facts of the matter. And that's what we do. That's what we do here at Remar. I make sure that you guys understand the facts of nursing. It's an art and it's a science. It's an art and it's a science. So if you find yourself stumbled here for a reason, it's not an accident. You're here for a specific purpose to help you to be able to evaluate your current condition before taking NCLEX. Were you a safe nurse today? Three out of five, four out of five? All right. My um, devotional Monday motivation is turn your dreams into reality. Turn your dreams into reality. All right. The... Um, the, the, the two types of people that I have here are going to be, you know, the person who loves to plan events and the person who just wants to attend events. Which one are you? Do you like the planning of things or do you want to just show up and, you know, just enjoy it? I don't like to stress. <laughs> All right. Which one are you? Um, if, if you're someone who enjoys hosting and planning events, what would you do if a problem arise during a party? such as technical issues, lack of food or supplies, or even the venue is not what you thought it would be. That, that's the, that's the, the, the mentality that I want you to take into the story here. 
Jesus changes the water into wine. This is found in John chapter two. I really um, am moved by this miracle that we see here for Jesus because it is his first miracle. It's his first miracle that we are presented with in the gospels. And so if you're not familiar with this story, let me just give you a recap of what happened. So there was a wedding that took place in, at Cana in Galilee. And what I love about that is this, that Jesus felt that it was important to be present at something he established. He established marriage. It, God loves marriage. It is his institution. And so he takes ownership of it and he attends, he attends the, the couples that he puts together. Isn't that beautiful? And so not only Jesus, but also his disciples were invited to this celebration and they came. And during the festivity, the host ran out of wine. The horse, the, the host went, ran out of wine. And so Jesus' mother is there and she tells Jesus they have no more wine. Okay. That's all she tells Jesus. She just says, she just states the fact they have no more wine. Some of us need to tell Jesus the facts. All right. Even though he definitely knows that their condition, he knows your condition. Isn't it nice when you could just tell Jesus, this is where I am. I have no more motivation. I have no more faith. God, the the you know, I'm, I have no more money. I just have I don't have any more. Right. And so be willing to tell Jesus where you are. OK, just the straight facts. Don't beat around the bush. Right. I messed up again, God. I fell. I sinned. I'm hurting. Right. And so upon his mother's, you know, request, upon her just opening up to him, Jesus instructed the servant. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's upon his mother's request, she told the servants actually to feel. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus told the servants to feel six stone water jars. Okay. The mother of Jesus told the servants, do whatever he says. That's what she says. And I love that. She just says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so Jesus tells them to fill the stone jars with water, which kind of is like, okay, fine. We'll do that. I don't see what is going to happen right now, but we'll do it. And so then he told them, now draw some of uh, the water out and take it to the master of the banquet. And what really is so amazing is that as the servants were going with this water, into like these cups, these jars, they begin to turn into wine. And so by the time that they got to the master, he tasted the water, but it had been turned into wine. He didn't even know where it came from though. And he says, he says like, man, this is the best wine. He says to the bridegroom, usually People put out the best wine first and they put out the cheap wine after everybody has drank in it and gotten their feel. And so people don't really notice that the, the wine is changing. It's getting cheaper as the party goes along. But he says the best was served at the end. The best was served for last. And so this is amazing, right, that Jesus brings out the best for him last. Right. And so I thought about it for us is. When we are in need, understanding that we do have a savior to call on, okay? And God is willing to work with our obedience. Like the mother of God said, just do whatever he says. And the servants, they get up and they're obedient to whatever Jesus told them. And as they are walking to 
the, the master as they are on their journey, then that's when the miracle happens, right? He doesn't do the miracle and then say, here it is all finished and packaged and nice. Take it to the banquet master. He just says, take this little that you see, take this what you see in your hands and go. And when you are going, that is when the thing will happen, right? But imagine if they just stood still. That miracle might not have happened in the same way. And so you cannot just stand still. You need to be going, believing that God can do what he says he can do for you. Right. So I love this. Um, I love this particular journey that we see Christ. And, and also it says in the Bible, in the story that when the disciples saw this, they believed. So he really did it, not because his mother asked him to do it, right? He did it because he wanted to increase the faith of his followers who were there with him, all right? So let me say this to you, to somebody who thinks that you need to have Mary interceding on your behalf. Because some people take this scripture and they say, oh, we need to pray to Mary because she's the one that can get a message through Jesus. No, it is not Mary that is your intercessor. You don't need an intercessor to your father. Jesus died so that you could talk directly to him. He didn't do it for his mother. He did it because he had disciples there that needed to increase their faith. And some of us need that in our lives right now. He's doing miracles. He's showing miracles to you so that your own faith can be increased. And then you know to just tell him the facts. Okay. All right. The scripture is this here. This is it. Stand firm. First Corinthians 15, 58. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I love that. Okay. Anything you give to God, he makes himself responsible for. All right. Only what you do for God will last. Nothing else that you do, whatever little that you think you can do on your own, trust me, it goes away. Okay. Whatever little that you do in your own power, it won't last. It's not meant to. All right. But Hey, 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 what we give to the kingdom of God, we will see in eternity. And that's the glory of the Lord. Let it rise among us, guys. All right. Okay. So Monday motivation was served. Y'all do me a favor. Consider this day, the meaning, the, the gratitude of it, the servanthood of Martin Luther King Jr. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. Um, he gave his life for his dream for his goal so that you and I can come together and, um, and and truly, truly understand what it means to be blessed in this day. And also being able to take advantage of work that we did not have to do ourselves, right? Um, so again, guys, it is always a pleasure when we study together. I will be back on Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be praying for you. Keep me in prayer too. Um, and my best friend, her name is Brittany. Please call her name in prayer. Her name is Brittany. Pray for my girl. All right, y'all. I thank you so much. I love you all. And I will see you later. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye.